Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for camp meeting. Just an exciting time when we can come together and just be filled with your Holy Spirit and share thoughts and ideas that the Holy Spirit has given us with each other. And I ask your Lord right now that you will specifically be with Holly. Um, they need to move, but uh, how to do it, who to do it, um, all these things, dear Lord, they need um, your guidance. And dear Lord, help them to know they need your guidance and to listen to you. And dear Lord Lapeer, um, organization is a challenge right now, and uh, that happens to all of us as we get started or change things. And so, dear Lord, help um, Leona to just glean wisdom from you on high and, and have the Holy Spirit working with her. In Grand Haven, dear Lord, um, they need this center. Um, and I, I guess the, the right people aren't, are just not there right now, or they don't know they're there. Um, dear Lord, just uh, put your hand on that area and bless the people. Help them to realize how much you're willing to help them if they'll do what you're prompting them to do. And dear Lord, Traverse City, we're changing, and uh, Brenda's stepping down, and someone new is coming in, and we just ask that that person um, just give them a double portion of wisdom and bless them and help uh, the, the changes to be only positive and help us all, as we draw closer to you, draw closer to each other, I pray in your name. Amen. All right. If you wanted to be at the seminar organizing your center, you are in the right place. <laughs> um, so, the average American wastes 55 minutes a day. That would be about 12 days a year looking for things they own but can't find. The average office employee spends one and a half hours a day. Now, just think about how long they're at work about eight hours, and one and a half of those hours, on average, um, looking for things. That's about six weeks per year. Americans waste more than nine million hours each day looking for lost and misplaced articles. So if you think you need organization, you're not alone. <laughs> so it's, it's clear that uh, organization is very important. So I decided personally, one day, to take my son with me to go to Walmart. We needed to do a Walmart run, which is a regular uh, occurrence in my household. And he needed his shoes, and they weren't together. There was one, but the other one was missing. And uh, I couldn't blame him. He wasn't walking yet. It was me that had misplaced his shoe. And I searched all over the house and finally found the shoe. And luckily, he hadn't decided it was time to eat, sleep, or you know, um, do anything else. We actually were able to make it out the door. But I realized that day that I desperately needed to be organized. If I wanted to be able to just jump out the door at a moment's notice, if I wanted to be able to find things, if I wanted to be able to have a calm environment, <laughs> I needed to be organized. So I basically bought or borrowed every book I could find on organization. I took a class on organization, and I can now, until, until they make a, a law that says differently, I can actually call myself a professional organizer. So there you go. I, I'm not perfect, but I can call myself a professional organizer. Um, I, 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 most importantly, I put my knowledge to use to organize. I didn't just 
read it about it. I started to use it. I used it on my home. I used it in Sabbath school closets in, in the church, um, you know, closets for cradle roll, kindergarten. I used it uh, to help a client organize their wardrobe, taking pictures of the top and bottom so she knew which tops and bottoms went together. Um, I even uh, went and, and organized a friend's basement <laughs> who had just incorporated two households and uh, was trying to figure out what to, where to put things and how to put them. And uh, I've organized business offices. I've organized the Heartland Center. Um, and I discovered a passion I love to organize. I, I, just, I walk into a cluttered place and my eyes light up. I want to jump in, declutter, and organize. So we'll, we'll have a list as to whose house I'm going to next. <laughs> oh, that's right. I did. I, I should up, I update this. There you go. So let's see. Change slide. My, my husband was so sweet, he gave me a clicker, and I'm just so excited to use it. Let's see if I can figure out how now. Ready? Wow, look at that. Okay, so in a community service center, there's usually about three main areas that we need to organize. We need to organize our people. We need to organize clothing. We need to organize paperwork. Um, I want to come around and tell you a story. I'm better at some things that, than others, but... Organizing people, um, the Lord does that a lot of times. Um, the Heartland Center. Whoops, I need to click. There we go. The Heartland Center story. Years ago, we had a church member who was coming home from a, a work um, trip. Couldn't make it home in time to get uh, uh, to be there before the Sabbath. He, started, he decided to stop off at uh, Campus Abel. And he stopped off there, and he spent Friday night, and he spent Sabbath there, and he listened to um, all the talking, all the seminars, the speeches, the uh, meetings, and he got enthusiastic about our community service center here at the Cedar Lake Church. And um, where he, what he had inadvertently happened on was our community service fall retreat. I would highly encourage anybody that's involved with community service to be a part of the fall retreat. It's a time to just share with each other, learn from each other, and grow together. And this year it is, I put it on here, September 21 through 23. So I just highly encourage if you're any part of community service, come to the retreat. It's, it's just a, it's, it's a great time um, of, of learning and organization, not, not organization, just learning, sorry getting my tongue ahead of my mouth, <laughs> which isn't easy. So back to my story. The church member gets inspired. He's excited about this. He comes back to the Cedar Lake Church, and he has a building on M46, which is thousands of people drive M46 every day. He is willing to give the church this building so that they can move their community service center from the old rundown, schoolhouse that has books from the 1800s in the walls, which we discovered later. And he's willing to do this, and so we have a church business meeting, and the people that came heard him out and resoundingly said, no, thank you. And um, he was surprised. <laughs> he, he had offered them this wonderful, wonderful place, and they were not interested because that involved change, 
and they didn't have vision. They didn't have the vision. So some of the people that had been to the business meeting and had been ones that wanted this change said, well, let's see what's wrong with, you know, what can we do to improve our center? So they asked me, because they knew I loved to organize, to come and help and organize. I said, well, I haven't even been to the Cedar Lake Adventist Community Service Center. I don't even know where it is. Turns out it was just down the street, <laughs> but I'd never been. So I went there with them. I said, well, before I go, I, I need to see how they'll operate, because you can't come in and just change things. It might not work for people. So I came in, and they were only open on Tuesdays from 10 to 12. And the first Tuesday we were there, not a soul came in. Nobody. The second Tuesday we were there, finally, almost 15 minutes before we closed, a couple came in. And we realized, those of us who were younger and were looking at how this was working, that part of the problem was the people were were only allowed to stay on this side of the counter. They had to tell the community service person their size, what they needed, and the person went out and got three shirts for this lady. She could only get two of them, but they got three shirts, and they showed her the three, and she could choose two out of three of them. Not knowing what color, not, I, it just, we were like, aha, <laughs> this might be part of the problem. <laughs> um, in addition, the building didn't smell so good. Um, I don't know if an animal had gotten in or clothes were donated that an animal had been part of, but it smelled like cat urine when you walked in the door. Um, so it wasn't um, a very user-friendly place. So we got inspired, a group of us. We figured out, need to put new windows in, need to do lighting, need to, you know, we came together with a dollar amount. We went to the church board. The church board said, yes. We want to do something about our a community service center. So we started the project. We started taking out the shelves. We involved um, the academy students at GLA here. And they helped us uh, take bag after bag of clothes that had never been sorted. We had a pile up to the ceiling of clothes that hadn't even been sorted. And so we just emptied that uh, with the help of the GLA students and several of their Bible classes. And then we started. We showed pictures on the screen at the church of this is a community service. This is the Gloss students helping. And it, we've, got a, we've got a work bee. It's going to be from 10 to 12 on Sunday. Highly recommend putting an ending and beginning time on work bees. You get so many more people because they're like, oh, I could do two hours. Not all day, but I can do two hours. So the people came out. We started tearing off the paneling. We did literally find um, old books um, from because it was an old school in the walls, we found all sorts of interesting things. We took pictures of that. We presented it to the church the next week, saying, look what's happening, here's it going. The church member who had offered this beautiful building and actually came to the work bees and brought heavy equipment to help us with the work bees to tear down the building that he had just wanted us to move from. He came and he was a big help and he, and he said, you know, and he talked to those of us who were excited about this um, updating the community service. And he said, what do you think about putting the money in to the new building and not putting all this money into the old building? Um, we were really excited about it. A church business meeting was called again. And this time, the, uh, before it was vote, you know, like four 
yeses to 25 noes. This time it was 25 yeses and about two noes. The church overwhelmingly said, yes, let's do this. And so fast forward, we put a building committee together, we drew up the plans, we put in bathrooms, we put in a septic system, we did uh, let's see, just all sorts, of, all sorts of things. Took us, I don't know, about a year. It seemed like forever when you're in building. <laughs> but we had the grand opening and of the Heartland Center. And we have community service in there. We have other things also. It's a larger building. We're hoping to even have more things going on, classes um, in a room that's our meeting room. We have a kitchen. And all put together by volunteers. And so what made the difference between the first time that he offered this building to the church members and the second time? What made the difference? People with passion, people with vision, exactly. Volunteers that, that saw the possibilities and the potential. So in summary, how to organize people? This is general based on what I've learned with this. Involve the right people. They ask somebody who could organize to help organize. I happen to also be a cheerleader. And, and so with the enthusiasm of, of myself and the other people, we were actually able to get the whole church on fire. And so there were different people that came out to the church business meeting the second time because they were excited, looking forward to this. Involve the right people. Pray, pray, pray. Work with God's timing. The timing wasn't right to switch the buildings when he first offered it. And then pray, pray, pray some more. Organizing clothing. Oh, this is just, I just love this part. So... <laughs> How to organize clothing so that it is easy to find what your clients need. I will be happy to tell you that nowadays our clients come in and pick their own clothing. We, they, we don't tell them what, they, what colors they need, what size they need. They pick their own clothing. So it's easy to, for them to find it, easy for the staff and the volunteers to know where to put things, and easy on your eyes, uh, making you smile when you walk in and see your organized center. So I, I, I adopted a... Uh, Sound of Music, start at the very beginning. You hear that in your, in your head now? A very good place to start. Um, just because I'm taking this to Organizing 101. Some of you already got this down, um, but I'm just trying to just break it down to make it easy, just to get it started. So you set up three stations. You got a box that says trash, or a bag, a donate, and a keep. Now you're going, wait, donate? You know, that we are donation. Well, there are going to be things that you don't need and won't be able to give away to your peoples. Um, but Goodwill might like them. Salvation Army might like them. So, yeah, you still have um, a donate area. So trash, donate, and keep. And then this is the tricky part. Go through all the clothing and quickly decide. Don't linger over it. Just quick. Make it a quick decision. Is it trash? If you're overwhelmed with donations, you've got so many things, just remember that the good is the enemy of the best, which means I could hang up 10 t-shirts and then I wouldn't have room for 10 nicer blouses. So the t-shirts were good, 
but the nicer blouses are what's best. So, you know, the good is the enemy of the best. If you just settle for good, you won't have room for the best. Um, should I donate it because I can't use it? So these are the questions you ask. Is it trash? Should I donate it because I can't use it? Is it a keeper? Um, sometimes it helps to ask, would I give it to Jesus to wear? I, thought, I always find that that's the best final criteria. Would, would I give this piece of clothing to Jesus to wear? Um, so now that we've gleaned the treasures from this trash, we're ready for step two. I have to ask a quick question. What's the weirdest thing that you guys have had donated to you at, in your centers? The weirdest, the weirdest thing that somebody's donated? A, a bag of kitty litter. Use. <laughs> Used kitty litter. Okay. Um, anybody else got something weird that was <laughs> yeah. something weird donated to your <laughs> kitty litter with it, Diana? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and thought you might need the rest. <laughs> yes. Someone's garbage. They 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 sent the wrong bag. <laughs> Uh, we had some interesting things that, that I'll tell you about one of them in a few minutes. Um, so the next step, you figured out what you're keeping. You know what to do with what you're donating. Quick, get rid of it, donate it. You know what to do with your, what you're throwing away. Throw it away. That's all you have left is what you're keeping. So you sort. Sort by season and then store what's off season. Sort by gender. This is the ladies, this is the men's. Sort by section, or I should say not ladies, men, but male, female. And then sort by section, babies, toddlers, children's, ladies, and then sort by size. Okay, so we've got this 20 bags of clothing, and we've, we've decided we're keeping all of it, but we take and we sort, okay, well, this is all the winter stuff. Don't worry about that right now. Oh, okay, well, this is the men's. We'll set that aside. All right, this is children's, babies, ladies. And now we're going to take size 10, 12, 16 of the ladies. So much more manageable if you break it down. It's, it's not overwhelming if you take and you break each thing down to the, to the different categories. So then you map out your space. And, and this is like if you've never, if you hadn't done anything yet. You have to figure out where the clothes are going to go. So what goes on the left, what goes on the right, what goes in the middle. Make labels for the sizes. And then put clothes where they go. Now, you're going to have to probably tweak it. Um, because we tend to have about four times more women's blouses than anything else. <laughs> And uh, so you just have to figure out, as you're moving things around, um, what space you need for, for the different clothing. 
So I was telling you we had something interesting. When we were sorting, um, when we moved from our old center to our newly remodeled center, we borrowed the old gym and we took all the bags of clothes, plus the clothes that had been accumulating for the last year while we were closed. And the Gloss students helped us again. And we had them take clothes over here. If they're winter, put them there. If they're summer, put them there. And uh, we just did this very thing, very set, same step. And uh, then we put signs on the walls and um, with the different sizes. Now, sometimes the teenagers that were helping us, they got a little, um, a little distracted by, by the old styles and felt they should try them on. And I was a little offended when they called what I used to wear at high school vintage. But, <laughs> but uh, it's coming back again, right? So everything old is new again. Um, and then we had a couple students that uh, decided that the overalls for a very, very large person could probably fit more than one student. And so there were two students in this pair of pants, each one in a leg. They, 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 were, they were amusing, and with, you know, comic relief with all the, with all the work. Um, then we rebagged the clothes, cl labeled them, and took them to the new center. Um, so here's the pictures of us putting the clothes after we put the clothes in place. Um, oh. If you can get hangers that are the same, it will just go just miles towards your organization. If all your, if all your hangers are clear plastic hangers, if they swivel, it doesn't matter if you're left-handed or right-handed when you hang it up, it can be fixed. Um, so I, I highly recommend investing, if you can, in, in similar hangers, you know, all the same kind of hangers, and with a swivel head, it really does help. So um, here is the Heartland Center. Not only did we lay, go by sizes, but we also, in this area, went by colors because, again, there are so many women's blouses. And um, we have the small here on top, and then we have medium, large, and extra large. So could anybody tell me where the medium starts on the second, on the first row? Go ahead. Yeah. Where, where white starts. That's exactly right because we organized it by color in addition to size. So, yeah, this is small, this is medium, this is large, and boom, and that's extra large, uh, which really did help, that helps people define what they're looking for. This is our infant girl section. I don't know if you can see very well, but we've got the circles that have the different sizes then we have our girls section, four, five, six. Then we have our scrubs. <laughs> For some reason, we have tons of scrubs, um, and we need to get circle sizes. Maybe we have already, maybe not. Don, would you know? Not yet, but you will. All right. and hang them up. That's exactly right. Good point. Dresses, ladies' skirts, ladies' slacks, men's slacks. <laughs> Did you notice we've got about one-fourth? <laughs> Men tend to wear out their clothes, not donate their clothes. 
We hung them, uh, we did hang them at the waist. We got pat, pant hangers that have the clips with the swivel heads. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, infant boy, men's shirts above them, shoes, they're all labeled by size. Hats, purses, undergarments are in that dresser drawer there. This is an overview if you're standing in the very back. So there's the men's section. Oh, I, whoops. Um, no, we tend to not have very many of any size, so it's hard to color code, code two of them. <laughs> um, but we would if we, had, if we had plenty of them. Yeah, it was the scrubs that we had little pieces of paper. No, With the, with the size, is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is an overview from the left. You can see two-thirds, at least, of the, of the building is, is women's. Um, and then overview from the left, just a shorter section is for them, and uh, I'm sorry, to the right. Um, and in the very back, it might be a little hard to see what it is, it's our household items um, that are donated, sheets, um, pillows, tablecloths, um, so this is a basically the, the summary for organizing clothing. Basic steps to set up and organize clothing. You first decide what to keep. No, no sense in organizing what you don't need to what you don't need. Um, then you sort, put it in place, and repeat steps one to three <laughs> as no as new donations come in and clothes are given away. The third thing that uh, we have to organize in a, in, in a Adventist Community Services paper. And uh, paperwork is sometimes the bane of our existence. I don't know about you. I would rather organize clothes every day than organize paper. But um, I do have a few tips that, that will hopefully help. Um, apparently, oh, there they are. So uh, to get rid of, to move paper, keep it where you want you need to put together a filing system. Alphabetical is basically the best filing system um, that, I, that I'm aware of. To file properly, you need to have manila folders. And I'm just gonna give you a little tip. This one's free, won't cost you anything. But when you get a box of manila folders like this, you will find all of this side tab is at the top. Then a third of the way down, all of these, and then the final third is all of these. I was taught early on in an office organization, you take them all out of the box and you put them in order like this, so that when you go through the box, you're not using all of this side, and then all of a sudden all of this side, and then this way you're, you're you know, if you were to label three files, you would actually have them staggered. I know, that was, that was just a free tip there. <laughs> and a, so you need manila folders, you need hanging file folders, and you need box folders. And I thought I would bring this because not everybody knows what box folders are. But it's a very wide hanging file folder for a large file. It's got a little piece of cardboard at the bottom to keep the bottom straight like that. Um, again, you sort. 
I think organizing is all about sorting. You sort your papers by very broad categories. Um, this is all about people. This is all about clothes. This is all what Adventist Community Service forms I need to fill out. So you, you, you file by broad things. Um, in fact, I want to show you a picture of a filing system we put together a little while ago for the Heartland Center. Um, it is clear right here that we needed a box folder. Uh, if we'd had one of these, they would, the, the manuals wouldn't be standing up and in, 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 in the way. But what we have is Adventist Community Services. We've got the forms, the policies, Bible study interests. The kids' Christmas shopping. Oh, somebody didn't realize there was one there. They made another Christmas shopping file. These things happen. The bookstore. This one you can't see is computer, and we've got the Dell computer and the other one. Um, Experience Works, um, a group we are working with. Forms to fill out. Um, usage when people want to borrow or rent the building. <laughs> they borrow it. Um, keys. Manuals, that's what that big huge one is, isn't manuals just like they drive you crazy. Um, but you need to keep them. So a box, a box file folder is a really good place to keep manuals. Um, Michigan, oh, this is, I think, I can't even read it. Wait, I have a closer one over here. Food, food sales or food, food safety, food safety. We do have um, food that we sell um, from Heritage Health Food there also, so we have to have a water test and annual valuation. Miscellaneous. Try to keep it as small as possible, but you will always need a miscellaneous file. <laughs> All right, so you sort by broad categories, then you create hanging files for the categories, and I highly recommend post-it notes. You just stick a little post-it note on here because you're going to ch probably change things three times, um, and if you, you'll, you'll go through all your little your cute little inserts if you don't uh, give yourself room to, to work with. So um, create hanging files for every category, then divide that into subcategories. So say I was doing this finances for home. Every, all my banking papers are here. Okay, then I take all my banking papers and I go, oh, well this is my checking account. All of these papers, all of these are my savings account. Um, all of these are a different bank, okay. So then you put them, label them, and put them in this file folder and call it banking. Don't say mercantile, so that it's in the, in the M's along with chemical, which is in the C, call it banking, and then put them all in the same file folder. Just makes it much easier to find what you're looking for um, if you keep like things together. So temporarily label them with post-it notes, put in alphabetical order, rearrange the names, um, and then label the hanging files that you need using broad terms, like I said, with banking. Um, I have some examples. Uh, we would, if you putting all your clients' name, if you had all the client forms um, in a file, we have ours in a binder at the Heartland Center, but if you had it in a file, you would need a box file for that. I would also highly recommend to get alphabet A to Z. There's some A to Z tabs, and so then you could put behind the A's, everybody with the last name A, B, C, so that you could actually just take and flip to C for, um, you know, Mr. Coon. Um, hanging file with manila folders for each volunteer. 
if you have a lot of, it would be nice to have a box hanging file for all the volunteers. Because each volunteer needs a form, they sign papers, you know, there's forms for how much they work and such. Um, a manila file for each type of form that you need to fill out, a manila file with all the blank forms. And then this is the key, tweak your system in about a month. Um, this right here, that we have this, uh, two files of the same, kids Christmas shopping and kids Christmas, if we went back over that file and looked, we'd say, oh, wait, I've got two files. Which one am I going to think, for, you know, which one is going to be easier to find? I know paperwork's boring, but uh, anyways, moving on. So <laughs> summary. These are principles for paperwork. You want to touch each paper once. If, if you pick up the paper and you, I don't know what to do with it, and you pick it up again and you stack it over here, I don't know what to do. Make a decision just like the clothes. Make a decision. What do I need to do with this paper? Do I need to keep it? If I need to keep it, where should I keep it? Um, keep your system simple. It's so much easier to find things um, if it's just very simple. Keep your filing broad. Keep what you need most often at your fingertips. Um, organize your supplies, applying the point of use concept. Uh, how many times have you wanted to, you needed to cut something with a pair of scissors and you had to go to another room? I actually have a pair of scissors sitting in my knife block in my kitchen because I'm always forever cutting open bags and, you know, bags of food in, in the kitchen. So keep your, keep the supply. It, it's okay if you have five pair of scissors in your Adventist Community Service Center. Um, if you have one where you need it, it just saves you so much more time. Um, staplers, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole thing. So, I've got use the same principles with computer files. Now I'm going to see if I can do this. I'm going to really try. I think I can. So here is my computer files for the Heartland Center. Well, you don't see it though, do you? I do. Let's see. Apparently, I did something wrong, but that's okay. There's hope. I think I, yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah, almost. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Okay, so I have, um, you know, specifically Adventist Community Services, advertising, archive documents. I'm afraid to throw them away <laughs> or to delete them permanently. You can keep them forever in an archive document file. Bookstore, our building project, camp meeting, employees, forms, heritage health food, uh, our history, our purpose, our logo. Meetings, operations, pictures, records, lists, signs. So those are the broad categories within each one. I will then have, oh, works better if I use the right clicker. I'm telling you. Okay, I'll go into archive documents. Um, then we have the different forms. And you could even have fold, I do, have Good News Farm Produce because for, one, for a while we were at Good News Farm. So you keep... Broad folders, smaller folders, and that keeps like things together, which makes it much easier to retrieve. Okay, let's see if I can do this. Oh, I think I can. Yeah. Oh, I need the little, the little podium guy. Well, I suppose we could do that. Just a, another look at the pictures. Okay. So I was wondering if anybody had organizing tips that they'd like to share with other people. Something that uh, with volunteers, um, clothing, papers, 
Any, any tips that you've, that you've come across or that, that has worked well for you? Yeah, Arlene. That's wise. Don't pile file. But an index, that's a great idea, especially if several people are looking in, in the files. That's a great idea. There you and go. I, you, can, you can even put it out next year. Can't make it there you go. And we'll get rid of it because that would make me feel very, very good because I've been trying to figure out what I was going to do with it. There so you I'm, go. I feel much better. And oh, I'm bringing file folders. I mean, and binders, <laughs> all sorts of things. And I have plenty of them. So I would be glad to bring them in. There we go. And, that, and that's the beauty of a community service centers because we take what people don't need and we give that to people. Um, who do need it and, and uh, don't have the opportunity to purchase it. Any other um, ideas for organizing people? I, that one I'm, I'm not so good at because I am a people, but I'm not real good at organizing people. I, I hate making phone calls and asking you, will you please do something for me? I just, I, so who's good at that? I bet you, you, you are, Joyce. I thought so. I could just tell. <laughs> So how, how do you how do you convince people to do uh, to to help you out? Oh, so you have to have a relationship with them first. Yes. They'll say <laughs> exactly exactly. Okay. Oh, and well, if you get to know them, you know what their skills are too. Right. Their interests, their skills. <laughs> All right. Any other ideas? Um, so, so we had an idea for people, an idea for paper. What about um, clothing? It, does anybody do something that? that yeah. Yes. So, what, what you're saying is a system is in place. Yeah, but when you hang them up, they become by sizes. Into the different sizes, yeah. Um, which we've been very privileged at the Heartland Center. Um, that was one of the things that uh, we just decided early on is we wanted, because we wanted to give the clothes to people like as if they were Jesus, we, we wanted to wash them. And so we got set up so we could. Um, and we, we do, we wash all the clothes there. Um, and it, it does, it makes, you know, fabric softener is just a wonderful smell. <laughs> No, no, go ahead. No. Yes. Good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, they could only they might only be able to use parts of them. Yeah, which is part of the donate. Then, if you just, if you know what your needs are for your community, um, you can donate what you you just don't have room for. <laughs> That's a good point. Thank you. Um, I have a a little bit of inspiration. I hope. Whoops, it's turned the wrong direction. Ellen White had a dream that she recorded in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 2, pages 10 through 12. And it, I, this is words of encouragement for you guys, for all of us, as we keep on keeping on. On the evening of February 5, Brother Andrew spoke to the people in our house of worship. Whoops, is that what I want to say? I started a little later. There we go. I had dreamed that a person, well, now I've started. I might as well, I don't want to, I don't want to, you'll be like, what on earth? So, Brother Andrew spoke to people in our house of worship, but most said that evening I was fainting, breathless, supported by my husband. When Brother Andrews returned from the meeting, they had a special season of prayer for me, and I found some relief. That night I slept well, and in the morning, though feeble, felt wonderfully relieved and encouraged. And this is why. I had dreamed that a person brought to me a web of white cloth and bade me cut it into garments for persons of all sizes and all descriptions of character and circumstances in life. I was told to cut them out and hang them all ready to be made for when called for. I had the impression that many for whom I was required to cut garments were unworthy. I inquired if that was the last piece of cloth I should have to cut and was told that it was not. That as soon as I had finished this one, there were others for me to take hold of. I felt discouraged at the amount of work before me and stated that I had been engaged in cutting garments for others for more than 20 years and my labors had not been appreciated. Neither did I see that my work had accomplished much good. I spoke to the person who brought the cloth to me, of one woman in particular for whom he had told me to cut a garment. I stated that she would not prize the garment and that it would be a loss of time and material to present it to her. She was very poor, of inferior intellect, and untidy in her habits and would soon soil it. The person replied, cut out the garments. That is your duty. The loss is not yours, but mine. God sees not as man sees. He lays out the work that he would have done, and you do not know which will prosper, this or that. It will be found that many poor souls will go into the kingdom, while others who are favored with all the blessings of life, having good intellects and pleasant surroundings, giving them all the advantages of improvement, will be left out. It will be seen that these poor souls have lived up to the feeble light which they had and have improved by the limited means within their reach and lived much more acceptably than some others who have enjoyed full light and ample means for improvement. I then held up my hands, calloused as they were with long use of the shears, and stated that I could but shrink at the thought of pursuing this kind of labor. The person again repeated, cut out the garments. Your release has not yet come. With feelings of great weariness, I rose to engage in the work. Before me lay new, polished shears, which I commenced using. At once, my feelings of weariness and discouragement left me. 
This year seemed to cut with hardly an effort on my part, and I cut out garment after garment with comparative ease because God was giving her the encouragement to keep doing and to keep going in spite of the circumstances and the people that she was doing it for. I know there are times when we feel taken advantage of. Is there any community service center that does not feel like they've been taken advantage of at some point? I don't see any hands. Exactly. And it is so hard sometimes to keep our mindset. And so I would just wanted to encourage you um, with these words. And then Doing for Christ, page 31, is a shorter statement. You may say you have been taken. You've been taken in and have bestowed your means upon those unworthy of your charity and therefore have become discouraged in trying to help the needy. I think we've all hit that at some point. I present Jesus before you. He came to save fallen man, to bring salvation to his own nation, but they would not accept him. They treated his mercy with insult and contempt, and at length they put to death him who came for the purpose of giving them life. Did our Lord turn from the fallen race because of this? Though your efforts for good have been unsuccessful 99 times, and you received only insult, reproach, and hate, Yet if the 100th time proves a success and one soul is saved, oh, what a victory is achieved. I just have to read that again. I just love it. Though your efforts for good have been unsuccessful 99 times and you received only insult, reproach, and hate, yet if the 100th time proves a success and one soul is saved, oh, what a victory is achieved. One soul wrenched from Satan's grasp, one soul benefited, one soul encouraged. This will a thousand times repay you for all your efforts. To you will Jesus say, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. It just gives me goosebumps. <laughs> This is a challenge for us. Most of us are women in here. And Ephesians 4.29 encourages us. I have a little story, and then I'll go there. I have to have blood drawn on a regular basis, and I have to do it fasting. Doggone it. Can't eat any food before I, before I get the blood drawn. And there was one morning that I was in a lab, and there were several of us waiting to have our blood drawn and having not eaten and waiting Waiting and waiting. One lady was quite pregnant, and I really felt sorry for her because she was eating for two and she hadn't eaten. And I was just, uh, I finally, you know, we were sitting there and we were kind of enjoying each other's company. We're, you know, chit chat a little bit. And, and then I piped up and I went, Man, I don't know what is taking them so long. I am hungry. And the next person was like, Yeah, man, I, I, I haven't eaten for several hours. And and then the next person was like, oh, I, it just seems like they are always take so long here. And with that one statement, I turned the atmosphere from a, from a cordial, you know, a cordial time to a negative, critical session. We all have clients that we could go on and on and on about. 
And I just encourage you and myself to try to just speak positive. Talk about the good things that God is doing in our centers and the good things that he has done, the, the clients that are making a difference. Um, and so Ephesians 4.29, whoops, where'd it go? There it is. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your, come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That is my prayer. I have not arrived, but that is my prayer. Finally, wait, I know I have a finally page. Two, three, one, four. Ha! Finally. <laughs> With God, all things are possible. Holding our tongues, sorting our places, helping new people. Um, with God, all things are possible. If you're short on space, ask God. If you're short on two T boys' clothes, ask God. If you're short on funds, ask God. If you're short on volunteers, ask God. God. If you're short on patience, love, ask God. This is his ministry, and you're his assistant, and he will provide all your needs. Let's have a closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for being in our midst. We want to thank you for putting a burden on our hearts to help those who are less fortunate than we are. And we ask that you put a double, a double portion of your Holy Spirit on all those here today. Give them courage and strength and wisdom. And I thank you, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www dot audioverse dot org.